0: It's transfer portal talk time. Billy Nabir has mentioned positions that need to add depth. So we're talking pass catchers and trench players. Then we'll wrap up by talking about the impact of Colin Castleton returning to school for one more year, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole9Sports. And if you didn't hear yesterday, there was bonus content yesterday. There's bonus content today. Uh, I'm shooting for like 5 p.m. every day Eastern time. Uh, So check it out. It's going to be a lot of draft content this week and probably next too. but we're getting bonus content on the YouTube and on the podcasting platforms. I've decided to do it that way. Getting into today's content, though, we are talking about the transfer portal. Florida Gators need help at multiple positions. And for the most part, it's depth. Depth is what needs help. I think on the top part, when you look at the starters, you got a solid group here. I think I, I, I think that we're, we're pretty solid at the top, especially when we look at receiver and you look at tight end. I think Keon Zipper is very underrated. I think he's very good as a receiver and a blocker. But when you look behind him, there's a ton of question marks. When you look at receiver, you've got Justin Shorter, you've got Xavier Henderson, you've got Trent Whittemore, and then you've got a bunch of question marks. Dajon Reynolds has been impressing. Uh, Marcus Burke is someone that I really like. Fenley Graham Jr. is someone that I really like, but he's pretty much a gadget player. Well, we've got wide receiver, a G.A. Hall, I believe that's how it's pronounced, a four-star wide receiver out of Florida, so he could be looking to return home. He was with Alabama. He was a Bama commit in 2021. He recently got suspended from the team, and then he entered the transfer portal. It is rumored that he has interest, and he has interest from and is interested in Oklahoma and USC as well as Florida. So that's something that we could be looking for. He had four catches for seventy-two yards this past season, with most of his playing time coming in the championship game because Bama was just riddled with injury at receiver, especially. Um, And when when you watch the tape, pretty much the championship game and a few spatterings here and there. Um, But he, he has pretty inconsistent hands he struggled with drops he had i believe 10 targets and if i'm not mistaken three drops so of his six incompletions he had half of them as drops so that that's that's kind of um not super exciting about him but he's shown he's capable of lining up all over the formation out wide and in the slot especially he's someone who can go in motion He is a long athlete who can stretch the field vertically florida has players like that already like like when i think of a ga hall i also think of Marcus Burke in that same set but here's the thing if you have two dogs with similar skill sets one of them is going to have to step up and become that guy so I think you, you could really push Marcus Burke by adding in a Ga hall and and adding in some talent and some competition there also at receiver we've got Theodore Knox Teddy Knox the 511 175 pound receiver out of Texas he went to Mississippi State and he played 16 total snaps. Last season, 11 of them were on special teams. He had one kick return, which is a solid 31 yards. I have no problem with that. He can play in the slot. He probably shouldn't play out wide, especially with how Florida's wide sets are going to be because we've got big-bodied dudes that we're going to like putting out there. So probably not going to be a slot receiver, Theodore Knox. He's a freaky good athlete, very fast, insane vertical. He is an athlete to the truest extent he is very raw as a receiver, just watching the tape that I could. Routes were um, not pretty, I'll say, but he's got a ton of upside. He's got a ton of eligibility. So Hall and Knox are two receivers who they probably won't play much early on, but they've got so much potential. And Hall, especially is someone who he's not leaving because of a playing time issue. Like, like that's not, he's not like, man, I want more playing time. No, he, he's, he's getting booted from the team. Essentially he got suspended from the team. For breaking team rules, that's all we know. Uh, And then he entered the portal after that. Then you can look at Tight End is another spot that we're looking at. It's Baylor Cup. I know, Gators fans, you have been jonesing for Baylor Cup to be talked about on this show and and everywhere. Every form on three, on Swamp Talk, everywhere. You guys love talking about Baylor Cup today. We're going to talk about him a little bit. Uh, he is a Texas A&M four-star tight end in 2019 who has entered the transfer portal. And, yeah, Gators fans have been going crazy for him. He, The Florida Gators were in the running for him coming out of high school, but ultimately chose to tech, chose to go to Texas A&M. And tight end needs help right now. Uh, Billy Napier has said, you know, tight end, we need bodies. And I don't know if Baylor Cup is going to come to Florida. I will say that. Uh, I, I think he's great. He's 6'7", 245. Uh, he needs a lot of work as a blocker, if we're going to be honest about it. Uh, just from what I could watch from him, blocking was less than ideal. But that opens up the ability for him to be used more as a receiver and let Keon Zipperer play that inline role. Again, 6'7", 245 is big to be put in the slot, but or as a second tight end, really. But a 6'7 dude in the slot is pretty difficult to cover, if you're asking me. So in the red zone especially, he's someone who's going to beast uh it's as simple as that I, I think he's gonna be a beast but baylor cup could come in and could play immediately i've been saying i don't think florida goes to the transfer portal for tight end but billy napier seems to be like hey we need help now so if you want to go there and create more competition and then so be it and you, and you kind of just you kind of go hey you know the best players are gonna are gonna feast here and the best players are gonna find their playing time could be baylor cup could be King zipper finding more versatility more positional versatility Could be anybody else stepping up, really. There's a lot of guys in the tight end room right now for Florida. There's just not a lot of healthy guys right now, and it's going to get really full this summer once we add in the three incoming freshman tight end. Uh, They're going to just create more competition. But Baylor Cup is someone that I know Florida fans want. I know that he would probably be interested in coming to Florida. Uh, He'd at least entertain the idea, I'd assume, given that he almost came to Florida when he was coming out of high school. But I, I, I just i don't know i'm very on the fence about adding a tight end in the position room in the transfer portal just because we have so many young guys coming in but again it's like it, it's the same thing with hall and burke it goes the cream will rise to the top so if if you're really the best at your position then then you will find that playing time and that's not something that you're gonna have to worry about billy Napier as opposed to being a. Uh, uh, showing favoritism with anybody. I don't think that's going to be an issue in Gainesville anymore. And we're about to talk more, but we're about to talk about the trenches with the Florida Gators transfer portal. But first, I'm going to tell you guys about Bet Online because March Madness is over. Baseball season is here, and it is beautiful to be back. Thank you very much. I love it. I love it. Uh, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. I've been using Bet Online for years now, and I couldn't be happier with it. It's got so much not just baseball, not just basketball, not just football, not even just sports. It's got reality TV award shows, politics, financials, aliens attacking and invading, whatever you want to do. Head to the website today or use your mobile device, which is how I do it every single time to learn all about the trends and action. check out bet online. It's where the game starts. Thanks again for making the like It is your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We're back talking about the transfer portal, and we've got two big names that recently hit the portal. One guy who has kind of gone under the radar as a portal player, Amarius Mims, the offensive tackle out of Georgia, is someone that we're going to talk to because I know right now people aren't really talking about him with Florida, or reporters, other media, not really talking about him with Florida. Florida fans, Want him, and I think he should want Florida. He is a five-star offensive lineman out of Georgia. He was the eighth overall player in twenty twenty-one. Big, big recruit class ad. He has been in contact and and he's been connected to Florida State and Miami. And the reasoning for those are that NIL is reportedly going to be a big decision. Is is going to play a big role in his decision, and that's why I think Florida should be. Talked about. You talk about Miami, I don't know the name of their collective if they have a collective. I know Miami has been big with NIL. They've got a lot of alum that are helping out and creating these opportunities for players, and that's fine. You could talk about Florida State. Florida State just started their collective. They've got Warpath, whatever numbers they put after it, <laughs> but they've got Warpath that they can talk about. They've got an in with Dreamfield, which is a big NIL platform for athletes that have started by Miami quarterback last year before injury, De'Ara King, and Florida State quarterback last year, Mackenzie Milton, one of the Florida State quarterbacks last year, Mackenzie Milton. They both started an NIL platform called Dreamfield, which has been fantastic, and there were a lot of Florida Gators on there. But that's one of the big connections, the Marys Mims. But then it seems as though you're completely ignoring what was, I believe, the first alumni collective or the first athlete collective, and I'm pretty sure the largest athlete collective in the gator collective from the university of florida i think you're kind of ignoring that and the gator collective we know has been great we know we've had a couple interviews set up through them we've got more coming down the pipeline just so you know but the gator collective is a massive collective for the florida gators and and i mean you want to talk about massive also america I mean, a six seven with a seven one wingspan but if nil is going to play a part in any decision in any athlete's decision i think florida has to be a big player there like, like again if you're deciding between two schools and you go, this one's better NIL opportunity, that's different. But if you're saying that, look, NIL and making money now is going to play a big role in my decision for where I go, I, I don't know how you could ignore Florida. Like I, I think Florida's got to be the go-to. And this is going to be big. If Mims does decide to come to Florida and says NIL is a big part, that's going to be big for other high school recruits that are going, Florida athletes are getting paid. So that is one of the reasons I love the Gator Collective, by the way. But Amarius Moves is someone that I really want to see come here. He didn't play much, but when he did, he played right tackle. And you guys know by this point, my stance, you can never have too many offensive line, or offensive line men. Especially when you're looking at Florida and you look at a group that struggled so much last year. By all reports, they've improved tremendously. But... You can never have too many ads, and you can never get too good on the offensive line. So Amarius Mims is someone we should look at from Georgia. And another guy to look at from Georgia, interior offensive lineman, Clay Webb. Clay Webb is someone that I actually really would like to bring to Gainesville. I don't know if it happens. I think he's kind of looking to play early and play often. But a Georgia five-star, 26th overall in 2019. Played both guard spots at Georgia in different years. 2019, he played both guard spots. 2020, he played er, exclusively left guard I believe has not played since that 2020 season but in high school he played center so you're looking at Clay Webb and you go well since high school you've played center you've played left guard and you've played right guard he's a little undersized he's a little thin he's like 6'3 290 so he's a little thin for center or for an offensive lineman really but you can play him at center. You can play him at guard, especially when you have a wide zone. You're looking for athletes over here. So that's going to be big with Clay Webb. And I I, I think that he could find success with the Florida Gators here. But, again, he hasn't played since the 2020 season. He is likely looking to play early. He's got, I believe, three years left of eligibility. So he's going to be someone that's looking to play early. But he is so versatile that I think you have to take a look at him. I think if you're Florida, you at the very least – have to kick the tires on Clay Web because you've got someone who you go well. You could play early. You're you're you know you you've been out of high school for three years. You've been working with Georgia, who is obviously a great program at building trench players at the very at the very least. We could hate Georgia all we want. We do. We we could hate Georgia all we want, but at the very least, you have to look at them and go, they know how to develop trench players. I mean, look look at just what their what their defensive line is looking like in the draft right now. You've got. Jordan Davis is taking the world by storm. Devontae Wyatt's doing the same thing, and then Trevon Walker, who's the edge, is just like all of a sudden in the first pick conversation, which is ridiculous, by the way. But uh, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get mad about it. It's stupid. You want to take him first overall, you go ahead, and he won't work out for you. That's totally fine. But Georgia knows how to develop players. You look at Andrew Thomas a couple of years ago. Was the was the office tackle the first round pick for the New York Giants, which I hated by the way, but he's done well for himself. Isaiah Wilson got drafted in the first round and fizzled out, but again, that wasn't totally a talent issue, if you know what I mean. Um, but Clay Webb is someone who you've got three years of that Georgia coach, and bring him over, you know, bring him over, and and we'll just we'll we'll see what can happen. We'll kick the tires on you at the very least. Florida should be interested in him again. I'm not saying Florida should get all these guys. But Florida should be interested in these guys. I do really want Mims to come here. Clay Webb is someone that I do think could come over and contribute. And then on the opposite side of the line, opposite side of trench warfare, someone that I mentioned very briefly yesterday. Cam Good, that interior defensive lineman. I realize he keeps getting called interior defensive lineman also. I realize I just did it myself. He's a defensive 6'2", 315 pounds. He's got experience playing at the 1-tech, at the 3-tech, and out wide as a 5-tech, 9-tech, whatever you want to call them, outside the tackle shoulder. They've got a great positional versatility add here. And Florida, Billy Napier has said, Florida needs help and depth along the interior of the defensive line. And he ain't talking about pass rushers primarily. Now, he, we've got Javon Dexter. We've got Chris McClellan. We've got guys that can play behind them and guys that can bump inside if we just want to add pass rush. Now, we need big boys that can play early. Desmond Watson is someone who played a bit last year. He's a, he's a massive human being. But when you watch him play, he didn't create havoc. He he did He just ate up a whole bunch of blocks, which is great to do. But we'd like it if you could create havoc. I think if you're a defensive lineman who— doesn't create havoc, but you can eat up blocks. I think that is more likely to get you drafted, or I, I think I think the NFL will value that more. I'm not saying that that has to be, but I think the NFL values those guys who could just eat blocks and not make massive impact plays. But uh, you know, in Florida, we want you to make those plays. We want you to find that time. And Desmond Watson just didn't really do that for me last year. Again, last year is a true freshman too. I'm not I'm not saying that he's got to change at all. I'm just saying he's not ready right now. Uh, with the new nutrition and nutrition emphasis and strength and conditioning emphasis he's going to get much better but I don't think he's ready right now Jalen Humphreys Jalen Lee all guys that I think can play now but I think Cam Good might be the top of that list if he does get on the field here so I think he's someone who great run defender I I do I I think from watching him play I think he's a great run defender Uh, I think he's a solid option as a fourth pass rusher when he's on the field. You know, obviously we have Brenton Cox Jr., Prince Lee, uman and Javon Dexter, and then adding in Cam Good in there. That That's just like, yeah, he's going to get looks just because of the offensive line. It's put so much emphasis on the other guys that are on that defensive line. So I think he's a solid fourth rusher. Uh, and, and he addresses the depth issue that we're talking about along the defensive line. So Cam Good is someone that I do really want Florida to take a look at. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about Colin Castleton returning to the University of Florida for one final year. I touched on this yesterday where I said, I don't know if he comes back. All I know is that Todd Golden has said we want to get him back. Like like Todd Golden has just openly said, I'm trying to convince Colin Castleton to come back for another season. And it appears that Colin Castleton will be coming back. And Colin Castleton, he put out a statement yesterday on Twitter and Instagram. He goes, I spoke with my family. I spoke with everybody around me. I spoke with other people, and it's I should come back, and that's good because I even last week I spoke about Colin Castlen. I think he's a phenomenal college player. I don't know if the NBA loves him yet. Coming back for another year does hurt his NBA stock a bit because he's going to be significantly older. He was already going to be one of the oldest players in the draft. He's going to be a significantly older player now that he's going to the now that he's coming back and he's going to be a year older when it is time to go to the NBA. But I think Colin Castleton will also be a significantly better player when he goes to the NBA, just because I think he's got so much room to grow as a shooter. Uh, He's Florida's leading scorer and rebounder already. He's coming back. He's also Florida's best defender as it was. He's just, I get it. It's, It's hard to call someone who's strictly an interior player, the best defender on the team, but he really was. He impacted every shot in the paint when he was on the court. Just massive effort, massive shot blocker. He did it all for Florida, and, and I think it, he's our go Gobert, you know, <laughs> uh, defensively, at least. He doesn't have to do a ton on the perimeter, but he is a complete game changer in the post, and I think that you cannot discount that enough with how good he was for this defense. He is going to, I think, feast in this Todd Golden system. I really do. Like, I I touched on this a little bit before. I touched on it last week. I really think if Colin Kesselin comes back, which now he is, that he is going to be working on that jump shot. I think that's going to be the number one thing that he works on, is that jump shot. And I don't know if he's going to become a a lethal three-point shooter. He's obviously not going to become a lethal three-point shooter, but at least serviceable. If he can step out there... And he could shoot 30% from three. I'm happy with it. Because that's going from not a threat at all to at least a serviceable stretch five roll. But just having Colin Castlin as someone who can kick it out wide. And, you know, he, he could step out wide and allow whoever is going to be the ball handler to break down their defender and get into the paint in this five out and get there. I think Colin Castlin. Kessler- I I think that that's just massive for this team. And then you look at a four-out, one-in, where you just give the ball to Colin Kastlin in the paint, let him cook, and if they want to double, then he's got someone to kick it out to. If they don't want to double, then he can dominate you in the paint. I think Colin Kastlin coming back adds so much to this team, and this is shaping up with all the returns lately. This is shaping up to be a Florida Gators team that can really, really make some noise next season. And I know it's Todd Golden's first year, But it's looking like a team that can make an impact and make a deep run next year. Then that is me trying to be as unbiased as possible. But you've got Felder can play power forward. Niles Lane, small forward. Kawasi Reeves, shooting guard. You've got quite a few guys that can play the one in an offense where the one will not be asked to shoulder the load as much as they were with Mike White. You're going to have a lot of different ball handlers. Everybody's got to be serviceable. Nobody is going to be a, a, a ball-dominant guard. Everybody's got to be able to catch and shoot. That's going to be a huge part. So I, I mentioned this. We're talking about an offense and, and a coach who's saying, we care the most about around-the-rim twos and catch-and-shoot threes. So if Colin Castleton can work on that jumper a bit, that'll be huge. Even if he doesn't, I think Colin Castleton is going to feast in this offense because he's going to eliminate those inefficient mid-range jumpers. He's either going to start taking some more threes, or he's just going to become a complete paint paint monster. But he's going to eliminate those those mid-range jumpers that he's taken very inefficiently. Um, I I think that we'll see him completely cut those out, or maybe he works on them a ton and becomes serviceable from mid-range. But even then, I don't think that happens. I think he's going to go paint, kick it out or work on his jumper a little bit. I think we're going to see his stats climb up a lot. I think we're going to see him score more points. I think we're going to see him probably pick up more rebounds. And I think that we'll see a big uptick in assists from him because he's someone who, when he gets doubled, he's going to be taught, pass it out to an open shooter. You've got serviceable shooters throughout this lineup now. You've got open shooters throughout this lineup. And I also think that we'll see an uptick because tempo is going to change so much. Florida was 267th in adjusted tempo on kenpom.com or according to kenpom.com under Mike White. San Francisco where Todd golden was last season was 82nd under uh, with adjusted tempo so not not a massive uh in terms of the adjusted tempo rating, San Francisco had three points higher which is three more possessions with your adjusted tempo though. That is a massive gap. So I think Florida is really going to take a look at the tempo and kick it up under Todd Golden and Colin Castleton is going to find success as a scorer, as a rebounder, as an assister there, hopefully as a shooter. But I think Colin Castleton's field goal percentage is going to increase a ton, especially since he'll be, no matter what, whether whether he's shooting more around the rim or shooting more from three, he's going to eliminate those inefficient mid-range jump shots. And I think that that's why we're going to look at Colin Castleton as someone who is going to be, a big time improvement this season compared to, well, next season compared to this past season that just ended. But I think Colin Castleton is going to feast on this defense, I am, or on this offense, in this system, really. I am very happy that he's coming back for one more year, because Colin Castleton coming back, I mean, he carried Florida for much of the season last year. So him coming back, and granted, they, they were not great last year but he carried them. So I think Colin Castleton coming back is big for this Florida Gators team. I think they're not done adding talent yet. I think they're going to keep working the portal, keep working high school recruiting, and we're going to be looking at a team that could make a deep run next year. Maybe not a ton of NBA guys right now, but as we've seen Florida go with no NBA guys and or one in Dorian Finney-Smith and make an incredibly deep run. I guess Chris a Make an incredibly deep run before, and I'm not saying Todd Go- Todd Golden is Billy Donovan, but he he can find success with this team, and I think that's going to be big. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free. After you listen to the podcast, we'll be back tomorrow and later with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen. Lockdown On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bringing the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on former. College football prospects that are now going to the NFL draft, which is just 16 days away now. My, whoo, we we getting there. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports, that is W H O L E N I N E Sports, and I will see you all later today.